This is Passing Judgment, a podcast about politics, the law, and a lot of things in between. I'm your host, Loyola Law School professor Jessica Levinson, and I am joined today by the show's co-host, Joe Armstrong, and we are going to give you some hot-off-the-press legal news. Joe? Hey, Jessica. Yes, the ink is wet on this episode, so to speak. We are going to follow the latest legal developments regarding Texas's new, very restrictive abortion law that's called SB8. That law is one month old, and it is a very hotly contested law, being that it involves abortion. So please remind us a little bit about SB8 and how we got to where we are today in terms of this challenge. Yes. So a lot of people know SB8 as Texas's restrictive abortion law. And in my mind, it bans abortions after six weeks of pregnancy, which let's remember is about 14 days after a missed period, which is before a lot of women even know they're pregnant. Now, the law is unique and uh, some have described as kind of legally devious in the sense that it's not actually enforced by the state of Texas, or at least that's part of the argument here. Instead, what happens is the law says any private individual, you don't even need to live in Texas, can sue any other private individual who helps or basically thinks about helping a woman obtain access to an abortion in Texas. Now, One of the big cases is the one we're talking about today, which was brought by the Department of Justice. It's brought by the federal government against the state of Texas, and this is called U.S. versus Texas. And this is a case that the federal government asks basically a federal court to say, stop this Texas law. All right, Jessica. And as we said, this is hot off the presses. So tell us what happened specifically this morning. What was this hearing about? So this morning in federal court, a judge held a hearing, Judge Pittman, an Obama appointee, held a hearing about whether or not he's going to issue an injunction or administrative stay that would essentially push pause on Texas's law. And the hearing this morning was really interesting because it was almost like ships passing in the night. The Department of Justice was arguing one thing and the state of Texas was arguing another. And in following it, it was almost as if they were arguing about two different cases. All right. So you ships in the night, as you said, but what did the DOJ argue from their position? Yeah. So the Department of Justice is in kind of a weird position because typically it wouldn't sue in this type of case. Again, because of all the procedural, I'm going to say, weirdness dealing with Texas's law, because the law really allows private individuals to sue other private individuals. So the Department of Justice's first argument really was, we belong here, Judge. We need to be here because we're the only ones who can be here and ask you to stop Texas's law from being in effect. And what the Department of Justice really argued is, Look, the federal law of the land is still that 1973 decision, Roe, which says that there is a constitutional right to obtain access to an abortion, and that 1992 decision, Casey, which says that states cannot implement undue burdens on a woman's ability to obtain access to an abortion pre-viability, which is about 24 weeks. So the Department of Justice is first saying, look, we belong here. We're really the only ones who can vindicate 
women's constitutionally protected rights because of how this law is structured. And two, this law is preempted by federal law. This law clearly is at odds with Roe and Casey. And so they really went very quickly, Joe, to the substance, saying there's no way that you can square what Texas did, essentially banning abortions after six weeks, with what Supreme Court precedent allows. All right. For its part, what did Texas argue in defense of their new law? So Texas, the ship in some ways passing in the night, Texas argued we just shouldn't be here, that the Department of Justice cannot bring this case because the state of Texas is not the one enforcing the law, that private individuals are the ones enforcing the law. And so you have to instead, basically, these are my words, wait for uh, someone's constitutional rights to be violated and then sue. And so what they were saying is, look, we really have nothing to do with this. Sure, we passed the law, but we designed it in a way so that you couldn't sue us to try and block enforcement of the law. And what they in fact even said is, Judge, if you issue an injunction, it's not even clear how that would affect things on the ground because Texas, we're not even the ones who are enforcing the law. And then they also said, but even if it, did affect us, even if this injunction did in fact affect Texas, then we're going to ask you to push pause on any injunction and because we're going to appeal to the Fifth Circuit right away. So that was basically Texas's argument here. All right. So at this point, I know that we're waiting, but what happens if the district court rules in favor of the Department of Justice? Is SB8 on hold? Do abortions after six weeks resume once again? What happens next? Yeah, it's such a good question. So a little bit of what I just said, and maybe bears repeating because this is just so complicated and convoluted and weird based on how Texas set up its law. But the first thing that Texas is saying here is that, Judge, if you do rule in favor of the Department of Justice, it might not even change anything that's happening because Texas, again, isn't the one enforcing this law. The other thing they're saying is, well, if you do in fact, try to issue an injunction that would affect us, then put that injunction on hold because we're going straight to the Fifth Circuit to appeal. And then the other thing that Texas reminds us of is that if there is, in fact, an injunction so that the law is put on hold, the law, as I understand it, has this clause which essentially says, So, okay, let's imagine Texas's law is enjoined for a certain period of time, which means it's not in effect for a certain period of time. If Texas's law then kind of springs back to life and, for instance, the Fifth Circuit says, no, no, that law can continue to be in effect, then you can actually sue people who performed abortions, or I should say you can sue people who helped women obtain access to an abortion during that time period when the injunction was in place. So if you are someone who wants to stop abortions in the state of Texas, this is just a brilliantly written law. And Joe, I just use a lot of words to basically say, whatever the judge rules here, I don't think it will really change things on the ground very much at all. 
All right, Jessica, to me, a more or less layperson, it sounds a little bit like an Ouroboros of legal mumbo-jumbo, but the law does indeed seem to be brilliantly written if, in fact, you do, like you said, want to limit or get rid of abortions in the state of Texas. So, Jessica, we said before that we are waiting. So when will we find out some kind of definitive answer? Is this something we're going to hear uh, a ruling today, tomorrow, Halloween, Christmas, uh, the year 2400? Just when? Maybe, sure. So this is now with... a a federal judge, and he can take his time. And in fact, the Department of Justice, when they originally filed this suit, said, Judge, can you go ahead and just issue an injunction really quickly? Or can you move the date of the hearing up? Because people are being harmed right now. Their constitutional rights every second are being harmed as long as Texas's law is still in effect. And the judge said, no, I'm setting the hearing uh, for Friday, October 1st. And he, it's interesting, at the end of the hearing, he said, okay, have a good weekend. And there was a lot of, kind of chatter among legal reporters on Twitter. Is that a federal judge's way of saying, I'm going to issue an order over the weekend? So, you know, enjoy the next few minutes because it's going to be really busy Saturday or Sunday. And so, Joe, I mean, whenever he wants, right? It, he knows that time is of the essence. You're not going to sit on this until, uh, the year 2400, but um, he can he can take the time that he wants to take. All right. So all of us will be sitting here with bated breath while he chews his sandwich for lunch or perhaps eats his barbecue. Now they have good barbecue down in Texas. But Jessica, we know anyone who pays attention to these legal stories, this isn't the only high stakes litigation when it comes to abortion laws. Can you please remind us briefly what's coming up in the Supreme Court? I know we've got a Supreme Court term preview episode coming up very, very soon. But give us a little preview of the preview when it comes to abortion litigation. You know how I love the beginning of Supreme Court season, and you know how I love previews of previews. So here we go. All of this, Joe, this hearing in Texas is happening against the backdrop of what we thought was going to be the big abortion case of the year, and that's the case out of Mississippi. Mississippi essentially bans all abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. That case is going to be argued on December 1st of 2021. And I will say, given everything that the court has done in with respect to Texas's law, which is really to let it go into effect, I think the only question for that Mississippi case is whether the court will explicitly say, we're overturning Roe, it's no longer the law of the land, it was a bad decision, or if they'll try and say they're upholding some core part of Roe, but they'll so significantly narrow it that Mississippi's law will in fact be found constitutional. At this point, I I don't know which road the court will take, but I'm pretty sure all roads are going to lead to either an explicit or implicit overruling of Roe. And we're obviously going to talk in a lot more detail about that case and the consequences and why I think in so many ways, even though we're already in a lot of ways living in two Americas, depending on what state you live in, whether or not it's a state where you can obtain access to abortion or whether or not it's really um, already very difficult, uh, we're going to talk about more of those practical consequences as we gear up to hear that case. So Joe, that is the breaking hot off of the federal bench news for today. Thank you for having this conversation. 
It is always my pleasure, Jessica. As always, I can't thank you enough for clearing it up for people like us and our listeners. It sure does mean a lot to me and makes me feel like a smarter person and gives you something to talk about. Someday, Jessica, when we go back to dinner parties, we'll have smart things for people to talk about. So as always, everyone, thanks for listening. You can find Jessica on Twitter and Instagram at Levinson Jessica. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Day and also at indepthday.com. You can find us at the podcast, Passing Judgment Podcast, on Twitter at Pass Judgment Pod and on Instagram at Passing Judgment Pod. And uh, stay tuned for that Supreme Court preview. It's coming up soon. Have a good day, everybody.